Thank you for joining us on the Rose Church Podcast, recorded live every week at the Bossa Nova Ballroom in downtown Portland. For more information about this podcast or other resources, please visit rosechurch.org or follow us on social media at Rose Church PDX. So I want to read from Genesis 2, and then we're going to jump in, and we're going to have a lot of fun tonight. Genesis 2, it says this, the, the first relationship that we have in in recording for the Bible, it says, Then the Lord God said, It is not good for man to be alone, for I will make him a helper who is just right for him. So the Lord God formed from the ground all the wild animals and all the birds of the sky, and he brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And the man chose a name for each one. He gave names to all the livestock, all the birds of the sky, and all the wild animals. But still, hear this, but still there was no helper just right for him. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. While the man slept, the Lord God uh, took out one of his, the man's ribs and closed up the opening. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib and hear this, brought her to him. At last, the man exclaimed, this one is bone from my bone and flesh from my flesh. She will be called woman because she was taken from man. We'll end here. This explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife. And the two are united into one. The best verse in the whole Bible. Now the man and his Bible were both naked. Amen. And they felt no shame. Some of you are like so awkward. Like, can I laugh at that? This is church. Uh, uh, calm down. I know we're going to talk about a lot of things tonight and it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, but listen, if we're not able to talk about things like this in church, where can we talk about it? And um, I don't want, I, I have two children. I don't want my kids to be taught about sex and life from a teacher, from a newspaper, from a magazine, or from a television. I want to have that discussion with my kids and teach them uh, what I believe, what we believe. And so um, tonight we're going to talk about everything we're going to talk about tonight. is going to be from Genesis 2. And so let's pray as we dive into these few verses and talk about life and marriage and, and romantic relationships. God, we thank you tonight for your word. We thank you for everybody in this church tonight. God, whether it's their first time or they've been coming for the last five months, God, we, we pray you'd speak to us tonight. Open our eyes as we spend some time talking about relationships and the way that you would have it and think about it. God, give us strength and grace to make the right decisions and to think tonight and the process with you. God, we thank you for your word. In your name I pray. Everybody set? Amen. Well, tonight I just want to jump right in and kind of lay a foundation and then we're going to kind of tag team and go back and forth and talk about some things tonight. But I just want to say one thing as we dive into Genesis 2. Uh, the first thing I want you to understand is this. Don't let a fake movie ruin your real relationship. Often what happens is we start talking about romantic relationships, dating, marriage, and we, we look at movies, we look at television, we go to The View or we go to Cosmopolitan, we go to a magazine, and we, we try to find advice, and whatever that movie portrays, that's what marriage is. But we don't understand is that those characters were told to forgive that quickly. They were told to say those things. It is a script. They are characters. It is a movie. It is not real. And as funny as it might be, we kind of start having this perspective of like, well, I want to have a Jim and Pam relationship. 
That's health. That is what I want. I want to have a romantic. I want my husband to come by my desk all the time and make jokes with me. And I want to work next to my husband or like, all right, that's a little too different for me. I want to be Ross and Rachel. I want to have, you know, forgiveness like them. And I want to be on a break and come back together and have it all work out. And I want to have this all ending. The very last episode, we're crying when the message is played at the end of the episode. If you remember the very last episode of Friends. Um, but as funny as it is, we start taking relationship advice from a fake movie, from an episode, from a magazine, and what starts happening, it starts seeping into our relationship, and a fake movie or a fake relationship like a Jim and Pam actually start affecting our real relationship. And so when we start talking about relationships and the context of them, that's why for us tonight, we went to the book of Genesis, because this is the first relationship that we see. And if you want to have the best of something, you have to go to the author of and ask why they made it that way. The author of the mic, you can go, why did you make it that way? I could use this mic for a lot of things, but it was made to amplify a voice. And the best way that you could have a relationship, not only a sexual romantic relationship, but friendship is when you go to the author of them. And go, how did you make these relationships? Why did you make these relationships? Why did you put boundaries? Why was it that way? Because the author of something gives insight to why he created it in a certain way. Yeah. And so as we jump into today, what often happens is girls have unreal uh, um, expectations about the romantic side. Right. I want you to pursue me like Jim did Pam. And you never did that for me. And you don't talk to me like that. And then guys have unreal ex- expectations about sex. Well, they talked about it this way. It was in that movie that way. And we can have these things and these ideas start seeping into our real relationship. And we can start breaking up. We can start having discussions because the movie was that way. By the way, when it comes to relationships, be very careful who you take advice from. Find right people in your life that have been married for a long time. My wife and I have been married for seven years, which is not long, but it's longer than some. Find an older couple. That's why we believe at our church we're not called to lead a young adult church. We're called to lead a multi-generational, multi-racial, multi-ethnic church because we need older people at 80 years old going, you're an idiot. Stop doing that. Stop. That's a bad decision. Your marriage is not going to make it. Hey, let me sit down. Come by. Come to my, my home. I'm going to tell you how we made it 60 years through marriage. We need older people to give younger people advice. So those who are early in marriage, early in dating, find an older couple and go, how did you make it this long? So in 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, how did you make it? Instead of going to a a magazine, which could be good or or indifferent, but make sure you choose wise people to speak into your relationship. So make sure you have people in your ear that give you wise advice and that you don't let something that's fake or unrealistic dictate how you feel about your spouse, about your marriage, about your relationship. Um, Because often, if you know this, it sounds right until you do it. Yeah. It's like, man, that wasn't the best advice, but it sounded right. It yeah. felt right. So be careful how you take advice. What else should we I be love that. paying attention to? We also should be paying attention to, we, we really need to focus on knowing that if they're not right with God, they're not right for you. I'm going to say that one more time. If they're not right with God, they're not right for you. And sometimes we, we make excuses for people better than they, they make excuses, am I right? Like sometimes we just are like, I, I've talked to a couple women uh, recently and it's like, oh, I just, I just want a leader. I'm getting right with God. I just want a guy to spiritually lead me. And then like two years later, they're like, you know what? As long as he has a Jesus tattoo, we're good. You know, uh, 
we can't date potential. And, and just as um, if they're not right with God, they're not right for you. If you're not right with God, you're not right for them. You, you got to take care of you in order to be a whole and healthy relationship. And maybe here today you're married. Maybe you guys are Christians and attending church. Maybe you've been married for 30 plus years. You still have to be right with God to be right with them. That we can't afford to have relationships broken down by us slacking off on our relationship with God. Uh, there's a great book called Forever or Always You and Me Forever by Francis Chan. I'd recommend it to single dating everyone. But it, the whole concept of the first chapter is all about taking inventory of you and your relationship with God. Because if you're not right with God, most of the arguments are going to stem out of that, that area that's a hole in your life. So, so when we focus on the areas that we know that we're falling short in, that's, that's our sign that we need to fix something with God. So in order to come into a relationship with someone, it's important to come, yes, maybe you're a little broken, but authentically getting close to God. And that's why it's important to date someone that is of equal yoking. The Bible says, be equally yoked with that person. And it's important. It's important to have the same passions. It's important. We've even seen a lot of Christian people um, coming to church, and, and one of the spouses wants to serve all the time, and then the other spouse isn't really passionate about the church, so, so that person will come alone all the time. But make sure your passions align with each other. Make sure that, that you know that it's without a doubt that God is bringing you guys together. It's hard. And, and if you are, um, if you are, are still single, if you've been single for like ever, just hang on. Don't settle for that person that's convenient. Settle for character. Those things are going to be priceless. Character and integrity are things that will hold your marriage when the emotions fade, when the, when the, when the days are bad, when the, when the moments are not fun, when the money is not pouring in, your, your character and integrity and your relationship with God. Because, you know, this earth, we va they value, the earth values superficial beauty, superficial things that hold relationships together, lust, emotions. Oh, I'm just not feeling the vibe. Well, talk about being seven years married. You're not always going to be feeling that person. Can I just say it? What are we talking about? But I'm right feeling now? you right now, boy. Because you're good. You're good. <laughs> I'm feeling you. You're good. Um, what are we talking about? Why did I say that? But I was being honest. It was a moment of transparency. Sometimes, you know, we have our fights. And we're both stubborn. But... I know that Andrew's integrity and character is still going to be strong even on our worst days. And it is priceless. It is priceless. And it's fun. When you know you're in a secure relationship, it's fun. It's healing. And Andrew has actually healed areas in my life that, that have showed like how to love me. And, and when I failed, Andrew's showed me God's love. So if you're not following after God, how can you be Jesus to that person, which is supposed to be a reflection of your relationship with God? So I want to challenge you. Don't just date for somebody that's, don't date someone conveniently. Date them if they're seeking God, if, if God's brought you to them. Amazing. Um, understand that your alignment will dictate your assignment. 
Yeah, I agree. So if, if you can't get the right alignment with your spouse, your assignment will be off. Because what happens is if, if she wants to be a missionary in Africa and you want to reach the inner city of Portland, your assignment is now off. Right. Therefore, your alignment is now off. Yep. Make sure when you team up with your spouse, they're not a burden to you. They're an assignment to you. And us together as a team, we're an assignment together on. on this mission called Rose Church. If I was like, I'm going to start this church, like, I'm going to go start something else in Africa. Our assignment has brought us different ways. So make sure when you link arms as a spouse, your assignment is bringing alignment in your future. As you're running together, as you're pursuing God together, uh, because your spouse is supposed to bring you strength in your walk with God. Strength and comfort and stability. Um, because this is what happens. It starts going opposite ways is when a crisis hits your life. And you're a Christian, and you go, hey, let's pray. And they're like, I don't believe in that. Right. I'm going to go do what I do. You start praying by yourself. Crisis starts showing your foundation. Yeah. Crisis takes the curtains back in your relationship. And there's nothing like when life is going down, and you can grab your spouse's hand and go, we're going to pray about this. We're going to believe scripture. We're going to quote verses. We're going to get through this. Money's going to come on its way. That moment when you know our assignment is the same, our alignment is the same, we can believe God and pray to God together. Yeah. It makes a big difference in your relationship. Another thing alongside of what she said that's so important is that you have to understand tonight is that your spouse or your girlfriend or boyfriend is supposed to compliment you, not complete you. Often a lot of singles are looking for someone to complete them. To complete who you are, to complete your vision, to complete your assignment with God or whatever it might be. There is no one on this earth. My wife does not complete me. She compliments what God has already completed. Yes. Notice how Adam was working in the field before he ever got a wife. Side note, men, get a job before you get a woman. Because she's going to take all your money. So you better get a job before you start finding a girl. Um, so, so make sure he was working in an assignment God gave him. God said, go out to the field. And then he came back, and then the Bible says that he put Adam in a deep rest. Yes. Notice, you will be resting in God before your spouse comes. Yes. You can rest in God. And then God says, he, he put him in a deep rest, and then took a rib out, put him back in the field. And he was working. Now, this is very interesting. The Bible says Adam was working, and God brought Eve to him. And she was enough for him. Yeah. You have to catch this. Because in Bible times, we've talked about this before. Women in, in ancient first century Israel are worth nothing unless they can bear children, especially men, boys, into the world. So notice Adam didn't go, okay, we'll get married if you can give me children. Right. Eve was complete by herself for Adam. Find someone that when God brings them, you are complete. You are whole. You are together. And so when you find your spouse, you are able to compliment them on what God has already completed. Because as she was saying, if you base it off emotion, what happens when that emotion leaves? What happens when they're not as attractive as they were five years ago? This is when you start thinking, well, I think I married the wrong person. No, you married the right person, but you start on the wrong foundation. So if you start on the right foundation called Jesus, his word, spirituality, the Bible, then when the bad days come and go, you will still make it. Because that was never your foundation in the first place. But this is what happens. You got a little... Bill Nye Science Guy illustration up here. Um, what happens is, because you are all flawed, you are all cracked. 
And those of you that don't think you're dysfunctional, by the way, you're dysfunctional. In some way, shape, and form, you have dysfunction to who you are. And you have cracks, you have holes that God comes to fill. And then you find that girl and she's fine. She loves Jesus. And you're like, she's the one. Can I join your connect group? Who are you talking to? You going out to there? Let's go. And then you, uh, you, you start dating, you start talking. And then you, you, you start wanting her to fill you up. And then she starts giving you everything. But then you realize that you have cracks. And everything that she fills in you starts falling out. And it's great for the first, like, three months. And you're like, man, this has been amazing. She is filling me. She is the best. She's everything I wanted. But then six months into the relationship, everything that she was fulfilling for you is now gone. And this is what starts happening. Is you start thinking she's the wrong person. Well, she's not really fulfilling me, so I need to find someone else. No, you have cracks in your life because you've not let God complete you yet. But when you get completed and founded in God, everything they do, everything they add in your relationship is now whole, is now good for you because they are complementing what God has already completed. Make sure your assignments are lining up together. When it comes to church, Jesus, life, money, how you're going to raise your kids, all those things, make sure that you are aligning with someone because nobody, Julia writes a lot of songs to God. She has never written a song to me. It's a bone I want to pick publicly. Uh, I'm just kidding. You can do um, that. She, and she's probably never going to. Why? Because I'm not I didn't know you, to her heart. I didn't know you wanted one. I do. Side note. Aww. But why? Because I'm not the completion to her heart. She's never going to write a song about who I am to her because that is God's spot in her life. I'm never going to replace God in her life. She's never replaced God in my life. When we die and go to heaven, she's going to stand before God on her own by herself. It's not us together. That's why your relationship with God is so important before you find that girl, before you find that boy. I've been in church for a long time, a long time, too long. Um, But I have never... I mean, rarely seeing flirt to convert work. And man, she's fine, but she doesn't love Jesus. So I'm going to get her in church for a little bit, let the Holy Ghost do something, and then we're going to go on a date. Jesus, get her. But this is what happens is, she will start loving Jesus because she wants to love you, not Jesus. Because if she's only going to church for you, when you break up, she'll leave church because of you. Yeah. You need to find somebody that is running so hard after God, you got to catch up. Girls, don't wait for that guy. Girls, start running after God. And if that boy is interested, they better start running after God the same level, the same pace, and the same speed that you are. Let them catch up. Don't be waiting around and looking. You start getting different. You start getting weird when you're just looking for those person. What else should we be taking from Genesis chapter 2? I love it because you kind of mentioned it, kind of stole my point a little bit, but I love you. I love you. Um, But we got to stop, stop looking for them. Um, I, we've been talking to a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of single adults in here and, and just the common theme is I just can't find anybody. Well, why don't you just stop trying to find them and let them find you better yet? Let God bring them to you. It says that God put Adam into a deep sleep. Notice he was probably in the perfect state of rest when he found his woman. (laughs) Some of you are trying too hard 
and you're getting tired of, of waiting. You're almost thinking about maybe giving up and just, you know what, I could date this person. They don't love Jesus, but it's okay. At least I'm not alone. No, it's better to be alone than want to be alone. It's better to be alone than want to be alone. You got to start a relationship on the right foundation. Uh, Jake's mentioned this one time in one of our leaders meetings, and I loved it, but he talked about how a foundation, if, if it has one crack in it, it'll, it'll shift the whole house. It'll break the whole house. And eventually, over time, when the rain starts coming, when the weather starts changing, it's going to shatter. It's going to shake. It's going to break down. So I want to encourage you, stop looking for that person. And it says that Adam was, he didn't even realize he was alone. He didn't realize that he needed someone. So can I encourage you, run after what God has for you. You have a special calling apart from your spouse or apart from your future person. You have your own calling. You have your own unique gifting that God has called you to do. And you better go after that assignment. It might not be a pastor preaching up here, but you could be a pastor in your um, nursing program. You could be a pastor in your counseling sessions. You could be a pastor delivering garbage, praying over every single house that you deliver and pick up that garbage. I don't even care what your job is, but you have an assignment from God to complete. It's not just you and your spouse together. I mean, that's multiplied, but you specifically have a calling. Don't sacrifice it for a person that is not yet mature in their relationship with God. Don't sacrifice your whole relationship with God for that person that's emotionally convenient. Come on, you got to be strong and courageous. Don't be looking on Instagram at all these cute couple things and look at these like bitter couple memes and like all these making fun of relationships. Don't be bitter. On Valentine's Day comes around, you have your own party. You take a good looking picture and you, I don't know, don't go on Tinder, don't do that. Just come to church. We should have a prayer meeting on church on Valentine's Day. Bring them all in here. Get them all safe. All the single people. But let me hey, encourage you. Find God. It's great. It's a great part. It's awesome. But yeah, stop looking for them. They're going to come. And the thing is, I want to share this because when I was a young adult, we, Andrew and I both dated other people and stuff like that, but there was a time that I was single and I really felt um, like just to serve the church. So I stacked chairs at another church and I was serving in kids. I was serving in junior high and I was serving in all these areas. And then Andrew kind of came alongside of me and we started talking about what our future goals were. And we were like, oh, we love people and we love the church. And Andrew wasn't even a pastor at that point. And look what God did because we were faithfully running after God, building his house and look what God did so God can do that for you so wait be strong and courageous don't give up and let God bring them let God bring him absolutely because the reality is in the very beginning of time there's been a war on the family yeah. take out God and even uh, people in society would say that the family is the backbone of America yeah. it's the backbone of society when families do better the nation does better. Yeah. When families do better, the economy does better. It's a fact that when families do better, we do better. Why? Because from the very beginning of time, Genesis 2, that the devil could split out of me. The very first war he went after was the war in the family. 
Now more than ever, we need better marriages, better families, better relationships. Marriages lasting a long time. The way I was divorced right now in America is 50%. Do you know what it is in the church? 49%. Divorce rate, even in the church, we need to do better of our relationships. And it's not about falling in love, it's about choosing love and staying in love. We gotta do better our relationships. Why? Because there is a war after our relationships. Yeah. The last thing I want to say today, and we're gonna pray and we're gonna worship, is understand this: that God's way is the best way. Yeah. I love starting to talk to new believers, especially men. For me, I don't meet with women alone, um, but I talk to a lot of single men. And like, man, I just I want to start following Jesus, but I don't get the whole "don't have sex" thing. I'm like, what are you talking about? God wants you to have sex all the time. And they're like, what? I'm like, yeah, with your spouse though. Like, God is so for sex, he invented sex for our benefit. God is not trying to hide something from you or remove something from you. He's trying to give it to you so it doesn't destroy you in the right time. It's in the context of marriage and family and relationships. So when you start following God and understand, man, his way is the best way. Boundaries are for my protection, not for my harm. I know I can do this. I know I can wait. And it's a gift that you can give your spouse. One author says, I think the reason why God has put sex in the context of marriage is so we don't go into marriage with bad memories. That we can go into our marriage with a whole mind and whole heart. Because understand God's way is the best way. It was made right. It was made in a certain way with boundaries and relationships on purpose. Right. We need to start navigating through our marriages, through dating. For those of you who are single, hear me. You can have a good marriage. Yes. I know that your dad didn't have a good marriage, your grandpa didn't have a good marriage, but you can have a good marriage. You can have a good, healthy dating relationship. Even if you break up, you can still go to the same church and go, hey, how are you? You can worship in the same room and it's not awkward. You can see them date somebody else and you don't mind because you dated correctly, you dated right, you dated righteously. You can actually have these relationships and do it right. So we're gonna stand to our feet right now. I'm gonna pray uh, and we're gonna, we're gonna worship. Thank you for listening to the Rose Church Podcast here on the Apollo Podcast Network. For more information and resources, please visit rosechurch.org or follow us on social media at Rose Church PDX.